the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock, presents No Cage, No Ropes, No Gloves. Welcome to Ken Shamrock's podcast series where we get dangerous. I am your host, Ken Shamrock. Welcome. We are going to talk about on today's show, UFC Las Vegas, <laughs> number five. Uh, this was an interesting fight card. Um, especially when I saw it on paper, it looked like we might have some some big knockouts and some finishes. Um, not quite as many as I thought, but nevertheless exciting. Um, also, we had a uh, record-breaking um, uh, strikes um, on that night too, but um, you can't really put those in the record books because I believe we had 11 groin shots. That's right, 11 groin shots which i and from what i understand that's a record not one we want to break especially with the fighters in the ring but uh it was a good fight but before we get to the main event uh, we'll talk a little bit about um, some of the earlier fights uh vincent lecue i hope i pronounced that right forgive me if i butcher these names i'm not good at pronunciation and then we had brown now this one was interesting when especially when you saw him in the ring together brown was it at least four inches, three to four inches taller than Vincent. And so when you watch them kind of start to go, you're going, okay, this will be interesting to see what kind of strategy uh, Vincent McHugh comes out with because, you know, if he starts throwing that jab out there like he was starting to do, he has a reach that's going to be really difficult for, for McHugh to get around. So – when fight starts, he goes out, he starts throwing some jabs. You, you start seeing LeCue moving. He had got great movement. He's in and out. He's bouncing in and out. His timing is good. Brown can't figure out when he's going to strike, when he's not going to strike. But when he started to put pressure on that front leg to step and throw that jab, basically LeCue would step slightly and then throw a calf kick. And not hard, just little pops. And, of course, Brown, for whatever reason, I don't know, Never made an adjustment, like didn't all, you know, from that point, maybe start throwing teep kicks, which or push kicks, whatever you want to call it, where leg comes up and just bam, pop him back like you would a jab, but using the foot because LeCou was saying, listen, you're not going to, you're not going to find a home for that jab. I'm not going to let you get comfortable throwing that jab because then after that, Brown can find everything off of that. So LeCou did a great job at, at forcing him to move away from the jab because early on you could see it was starting to get there, but Luke was patient. He kept popping those low kicks pretty soon. Brown didn't want to lean on that leg no more and uh, turned the fight around. Um, I mean, big time. Uh, it took away anything Brown was capable of doing. But uh, I'm surprised that his corner, maybe they did. You know, we don't, we don't get to hear everything. Uh, he didn't shift from the jab to the teeth um, because that would have been uh, a great weapon to stop the cue from, from smacking that low calf kick and, and still keeping that distance and then being able to throw the right hand uh, from the space that he had uh, and be able to stay out of the reach of the cue, but be able to land his shots in his space because he's so much taller. Um, but as a young fighter, I know they'll go back, they'll look at it and they'll see some, make some of those adjustments. But, um, you know, if I was looking at that, that's what I would have uh, looked at real hard is to, you know, figure out, you know, when, when you can't use that reach with your hands, you got to adjust and start using your feet. So anyways, I thought it was a really, oh, I mean, a beautiful job by the cue, the way he was moving, um, transitioning out. I know he took him down once and his ground stuff's really good, but 
you could tell that um, he was more comfortable standing up, which is kind of shocking because he has great ground skills. But after the way that fight was going, the way he was able to land that calf kick all the time, and you, you know when he had had taken him down and he let him back up again, that he was absolutely comfortable and knew he was going to be able to at least try to finish that fight early on with those calf kicks and then following him up by getting inside and throwing the hand. So beautiful job by him and a great job. And I think Brown will learn off this. Like I say, he's got all the skills to move up. Um, this was a jump for him. Um, so I think go back to drawing board, work on some of that stuff, and we'll, we'll see him again. But – um, again, I think Vincent fought a great fight. So the next fight, oh, man, I was looking forward to this one. Yes, Lando and Green, man. I was like, I thought this was going to be another uh, battle, and it was. Just not the one. I thought that Lando would make some adjustments from the first one because um, a lot of things I saw in the first fight and what I saw in this fight, there's a lot of similarities to it. But I don't, from what I saw, and again, I'm sitting on the side of the scenes to talk about it, but hey, if we're talking, let's talk. I thought that Lando missed a lot of opportunities on the scramble. You know, when they locked up, they went to the ground, they got back up again. I thought there was a lot of missed opportunity for him to throw a head kick because I thought Brown was circling into his power and that he had an opportunity on some of those scrambles to either throw a hard kick on the leg or a hard kick up top and even a right hand off the scramble when they came up. It just felt like they were they 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 kept it, they spaced it. When you're in space and you have an opportunity to strike, yeah, especially when you got somebody off balance and they're not set, you usually want to take that. That's what you're going to see a lot of top fighters do. And you see it with McGregor and you see it with Khabib and a lot of those other guys when they get into a cushion, they're rolling and they come up. They're immediately looking for the opportunity to strike or to do, do a shot again. And I didn't didn't quite see that in Lando. It was a great fight and I thought um, they put on a great show, but. I think that Lando could have probably gotten away uh, and threw some hard shots on the scramble and the stand-up. I thought there was a lot of opportunity there. I thought Green looked great. I thought once he started landing the jab, um, everything came off of that. I thought his timing and everything, he was able to find that. And that's where I, I felt Lando had another opportunity there where, where you started seeing Green start finding a home for that jab and started getting comfortable. He was starting to follow up with the right hand. And I didn't see enough um, shots that I thought would have taken away some of the timing with the jab, shooting off of his jab. And at the same time, also doing what we saw in earlier fights, where I thought when he was jabbing, Lando was, was uh, uh, Green was finding the home with the jab. Lando could have done the same exact thing some of these other guys do was by calf kicking him, focusing every time he went to throw a jab, make him pay for it, like even if he hits you with it. Make them pay for it with a calf kick. Because now they got to back, if the rounds get going, now they can't really lean on it. Like they've got to, now they're worried about this. So now you got something for them to think about. Instead, it just kind of got away with it the whole fight without actually making them pay. But um, Lando's a tough kid. I know they'll go back to drawing board and they'll redo it. But Green looked great. I thought his timing, um, it, it seemed like he improved a whole lot more than Lando did in their last fight, um, which I thought, it would be the other way around. I really did. But uh, congratulations to Green. Did a great job. Um, everything came off of the, his jab, and, and he was able to follow it up. He had some great takedowns. He was able to capitalize on some some missteps with Lando. I think Lando gave up two or maybe even three easy takedowns. I mean, it was two off of some slips and things like that, which you can't do in a fight like this. you got to be balanced, and uh, you can't give anything away. So, But uh, it was a great fight. It was very entertaining, and they definitely didn't let the crowd down, didn't let me down. That was a great fight. 
um, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, unfortunately, I guess uh, Kevin Holland and, and uh, Trevin Giles uh, weren't able to fight. Some things had happened, I guess, to Giles, but uh, we wish him the best. Hope he gets back to it. <clears throat> yes, Calderwood and Maya. What an upset. What a fight. I mean, I, mean, I thought uh, Maya did a great job early on being able to find a home with her hands she was moving well she was fluid and and uh and it seemed like Calderwood couldn't get her off balance like you know the tapes weren't weren't there um it didn't seem like she was she was like didn't seem like she was getting off like it seemed like Maya was always a one step ahead uh finding a home for those punches and uh, and it was a couple of times Calderwood was able to counter and then back her off. But with her kickboxing, her style, uh, I would have liked to have seen a, a little bit more um, aggressive teeps and um, and a more of aggressive jab off those teeps. And a constant one teep, 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 maybe a jab. But it just felt like she was sitting in the pocket and waiting for Amaya to come to her before she threw the teep. And, you know, that's that when you start getting someone's timing like that, you're able to parry that, be able to get around it, throw hands. I thought Maya did did a lot of that because when she would come to her, that's when she would throw the teeth. Instead of Calderwood being the one that was aggressive, moving and moving and setting it up and throwing the teeth going to her instead of waiting for Maya to come to her because then Maya was able to time it, parry it, and get inside and throw her hands. So, but a, a great fight uh, for, for Maya. She did a great job. Um, and I think Calderwood needs to go back to drawing boards, look at that fight and, uh, you know, Try to work on on the, on not being the one to wait. Be the one to get off and uh, be able to throw those cheeks, throw those leg kicks, and be able to set things up with her hands, jabs, right hands, all those things that you can mix in. Um, but you can't wait for them to come to you. You got to go to them. You got to be aggressive. So, um, but anyways, man, I, it was an entertaining fight. Um, so I enjoyed it. Um, so, anyways, let's get to the main event: Shabazzin and Brunson. Now, I, I thought this was going to be a drag race. I mean, when they, when I, I, I saw those two names, I was like, boy, this was going to be a, for three rounds, is going to be a barn burner. I mean, this is going to be right out of the gate. And the bell rings. And I remember thinking, what? What's going on? Brunson's taking his time? It's a three-round fight. And I was thinking, man, what's he doing? And Shabazzin was getting off. I mean, he was crisp. He was moving. He was landing. He was connecting and won the first round. I mean, even though he lost, he got uh, on the ground. He took shots, but everything on the feet, I thought he was crisp. He was getting off first. He was finding that he was finding that target. Whereas I think Brunson was laying back and was trying to find his way, almost like he was just kind of laying back, finding his way. And I thought that he gave away the first round, and I was like, boy, that is dangerous in a three-round fight. Why? I mean, I was expecting Brunson to come out and make sure that he won the first and the second and then just, you know, find out where they were at in the third. But he really came out in the first round slow. Whatever that decision was, I don't know. It's their camp, and, and they felt like that was the best thing. So he comes out and shocked everybody because we're all, like, waiting for that 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 surge. And it seemed like he was he was – Laying back, talking to a friend of mine, Todd Middendorf, saying it was almost like he was doing the James Tony thing where he's laying back and uh, he was pacing him and then he would surge a little bit and he'd back off um, and just trying to find him, you know. But whatever it was, it worked because 
the second round came around and it just felt like halfway through that second round, Chavizen looked like he was wearing out. And the first thing that came to my mind, right, was Ronda Rousey. It was like she came in and blew up the world, right? Just was taking people out the first round. But when she got pushed in the later rounds, she got knocked out. And it reminded me of like, uh-oh, now this kid's getting pushed into a later round. He's only been there once before on his debut. And it wasn't against a very skilled fighter. Now that you're up in the, in the rankings, you know, in the top 10, um, yeah, you're, you're going to get pushed. You're going to get forced into these different types of fights. And you got to be able to go tit for tat. And you got to be able to keep going. There are times in fights, man, where you feel like you can't go anymore. Like your body shuts down. You're breathing hard. You just in your mind starts to turn. And that's where you got to go train and make sure that your mind doesn't go that way. Because when you start getting to that point, your mind should shut off. It should literally just shut off and go, everything should be, everything you did in training should just go automatically and you should just run it. And that way the tired never enters your mind, no matter how heavy you run, no matter how tired you get, your mind is rerunning everything you did in training and you're, you're sticking to that. You're not backing off of it. Sometimes you just got to go, shut it down and go. And I don't think Shabazin has been there. Like, I mean, no, I don't think I know because of the way he came out this, after the, the, the second round halfway through, it was like he just gave up. I mean, I know he didn't, but it was almost like the, the, his body language and everything that, that he had done in that you know round and a half had completely gone. There was no fire. You could see it in his body language. And it was almost like he was just trying to get through the round. And then when he went into the third round, it was definitely almost like, let me just try to survive the round. And with Brunson, he smelled blood. And he went in and he finished it. So it just, like I said, I think Sabizan needs to really look, especially now. I mean, I think you need to back up and you need to build the confidence back up. But confidence comes with being able to train hard, being able to put yourself in positions to where you are so tired and the other guy is so fresh that you literally have to shut your mind off and go. And let training take over. Let everything you did in training just be automatic. And not, not think about that, right? Because once that starts going into your head that you're tired, it's going to get worse. And you have to block that out. You've got to just stick to your training. Stick to everything you did to get there. And you know what you got to do. And you don't think about it. You just go. And I thought that that's kind of where when you saw it in there round and a half where he started to slide back and you just saw it. And I, I remember posting saying it. You know, I think Shabizen, um had had a great run. And I think now every fighter runs through this. Every single fighter goes through a point to where you check yourself, where you got to realize that, whoa, okay, what's next? What do I got to do to get better? And I think right now you got shabai has got all the skills to be a top 10 fighter. He's got all the skills to be a top five, five fighter, but he doesn't have the skills or not the skills, but the men, the mental toughness yet. That's what I see. The mental toughness of being in a fight like that and being able to go, I'm as tough as you and I'm going to show it uh, because sometimes it comes down to just mental toughness, you against them who's tougher. And it, it, it especially when you get into that top five, 
it's mental toughness, man. It's about everything that you know, because you have all the skill sets. You have great striking. You got good kicks. Your ground game's good. The only thing that was missing was mental toughness and conditioning. And, um, but again, like I said, he's 20, 22 years old. There's a lot of time to fix that, but it's also a lot of time to mess it up. So I, I think that right now it's really important that the right people get with him and uh, put him through the right kind of training to make him mentally tough. Because really that's, that is, that's all I see. That's the only thing I see missing is that mental toughness. And that comes with conditioning, putting yourself in positions to where you don't think you can go, but you go. And that comes all through training. You got to put yourself there because you don't know how you're going to react. We saw now um, kind of where you need to be. So anyways, I thought uh, Brunson did a heck of a job, man. He was a, was a clinic and uh, he had a, he had a grudge because uh, he's, he, he felt like he was just a gatekeeper. So they were treating him like a gatekeeper. The odds were like, I mean, stupid odds, right? So I, I think that he came out and made a statement. He's, he's not a gatekeeper. He's a contender. For him, it's important right now because he's in his 30s, right? Past the midpoint. So it's important. Now, every single fight for Brunson is a championship fight because if he, if he suffers a loss anywhere before he gets a title shot, chances of him getting that are very, very slim. So I, I, uh, I, I'm happy for him. Uh, I wish him nothing but luck. I hope he gets his shot. Um, if he earns it, obviously, um, and that he gets the right fights to be able to put him in that position to get it. So congratulations, Brunson. You did a great job. You ain't, you're nobody's gatekeeper. And Shavizan, man, I look forward to seeing you in the future. Don't hurry it. Build your confidence back up. We will see you again. Anyways, I appreciate everybody joining. I hope you enjoyed this breakdown, and we will do it again. God bless. Take care. Um, let me just take a moment. Uh, I want to thank you fans for tuning in. I appreciate all you guys. You know, we've got a lot more coming up. I recommend you sign up for my newsletter, KenShamrock.com. And if you love combat sports, I encourage you to visit ValorBK.com. If you don't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and share this video. Uh, thank you for tuning in. And until next time, this is Ken Shamrock signing off. Peace.